Victory in Jesus is just one of my favorite hymns, and we were singing it. Man, alive, what a blessing it is. Aren't you grateful that we can't have victory in Jesus? Aren't we grateful that throughout this summer, man, we've seen a lot of people get victory in Jesus throughout this summer. Uh, I will always say this. Summer times are not the time to slump. Summer times are the time to grow. And I've got some great news for you. Man, our attendance this summer has been rock solid. I'm telling you, it's been a great. As a matter of fact, our church attendance this summer, we're at 15% higher this summer and this year over last year. So, man, can we tell the Lord, praise the Lord for that, that uh, 15%. Why do I say that? Because every what? Every soul matters. Why do we keep up with how many people is on our church campuses uh, each Sunday morning? Because we believe every single person matters to God. And I believe in Jesus Christ, everybody has value. I believe every person that's in Christ, they are accepted by Almighty God. And I believe we keep up with all that because people matter to God because God went all in with Jesus when he gave his son Jesus Jesus didn't go halfway. Jesus went all in. And aren't we grateful Jesus went all in for us? Man, we celebrate that, and we celebrate all that God is doing. But also, First Baptist, I want to tell you thank you. One of the ways that we go all in, we go all in by being faithful financially. I believe God's Word, every word matters to God, and I believe God's Word teaches us that when we come to church, that we're a part of the offering, that we are giving a part of the offering. And I just want to tell you, First Baptist, thank you so much. You know, most of the time in the summer, you kind of go backwards in your giving. Well, I've got some great news for you. We have done the direct opposite this summer. We have moved forward financially. As a matter of fact, we started the summer quite a bit behind uh, that we spent more than we brought in. But throughout the summer, we've cut that in half, which is so unusual in the summer. So First Baptist, thank you. Just be all in. Keep being all in as we get. I have a question. I've got a picture for you to see, and it's some great news. Something exciting happened this last week at the West Campus. At the West Campus this last week, they started putting the footings in for the new building this last week. So hopefully they can put those up on the screen. But uh, so pray that these next couple days, pray it won't rain a whole lot so we can really get those in. They've got the steel and a lot of the footing. So pray that we can get those poured and be moving ahead. So that, that's an exciting time. Ladies, I have a question to ask you. How many minutes a day do you stand in front of the mirror? Does anybody want to take a guess? How many minutes does the average lady stand in front of the mirror a day? How many of you say that a lady stands in front of the mirror 30 minutes or less a day? Raise your hand. How many would say 30 minutes or less a day? 
okay? How many of you would say that the average lady spends 45 minutes or less in front of the mirror a day? Okay? How many of you would say that a lady spends an hour or less in front of the mirror a day? Statistics tell us the average lady spends 55 minutes a day in front of the mirror. 55 minutes a day. But I've got a question. Who looks more at a mirror a day? Does a man or a lady look more at a mirror? A man. How many of you men have ever been in the front of the mirror and you flexed your muscles? You know, you took your shirt off. How many of y'all have ever flexed in front of the mirror? Oh, come on. We're, we're just... I know I have. Have you? How many of y'all have ever looked in the mirror and you're looking in the mirror and you said, man, I am just good looking. I mean, I mean, just, just look at that person in the mirror. Man, man, God, you did a great job when you made me. How much of your lifetime will you spend picking out your clothes? You know, the average man lives to be 75 in about five months. That's about the average age in America for a man. The average lady in America lives about 78 years in so many months. But how, how much time will you spend in your lifetime picking out the clothes you're going to wear? Anybody know? You will spend one solid year of your life just picking out clothes. But ladies, how much of your life will be spent fixing your hair? Y'all going to pastor your meddling now. The average lady will spend in her lifetime, she will spend 1.5 years, a year and a half of her lifetime will be just fixing her hair. How much time will the average... I see her you even laughing as you're signing. That's pretty good. How much time will the average man spend shaving in his lifetime? The average man in his lifetime spends... Four months of your life will be spent shaving. I have a question, though. And I want you to grab out your mirror. You got your mirror? We spend a lot of time looking in the mirror. I want that mirror to represent you today. We look in the mirror, the mirror represents us. We spend a year picking out clothes. We spend a year and a half, ladies, getting your hair ready. We spend months of our life shaving men. But how many of our life do we spend saying, not I? But Christ. How much of our life 
do we spend on temporal things compared to eternal things? How many times this last week did you wake up in the morning and you began the day and you said, not I, but Christ? One person said it this way. They said, Every single morning when you wake up, the very first thing you need to do, you need to have a funeral for yourself. What would your week look like this last week if you woke up every morning and you said, not I, but Christ. What would it look like if every morning when you got up that you died to yourself? What would it look like? First Baptist, look at me. What would it look like if every morning you got up, you died to your own ambition that day? What would it look like if every day when you got up that you died to your pride that day? What would it look like if every day when your alarm clock went off, and it's quite interesting, did you know this, ladies? The, the numbers tell us most ladies check their Facebook page before they brush their teeth in the morning. Did you know that? It says in America, by far, there's no comparison, by far, most ladies in America, the very first thing they do every morning is check their Facebook page. What would your week look like? And here's what I want you to do. We're beginning August. Here's what I want you to say this month. Four words. I believe you can summarize the whole Christian faith in these four words. Not I. Christ. Here's the key takeaway, and it'll come up on the screen. Here's the key takeaway. Here's what I want you to get before you walk out of this room. I want you to make a commitment for the month of August, every single morning, every day, you're going to start your day with this commitment. Lord, as your feet hit the floor, I love one person that said, you know, I'm going to put my bedroom slippers underneath the bed. So every morning, the first thing I've got to do, I've got to get on my knees. What would it look like, First Baptist, if every one of us started each day and we weren't about our ambition, we weren't about our pride, we weren't about our agenda, we weren't about our schedule? Could you imagine what would happen in Volusia County if First Baptist every day got all in and said, not I, but Christ? Central Florida... Volusia County need to see a group of Christ followers lock arms together and lock arms together and walk in step and say, not I, but Christ. 
Can you just imagine First Baptist, what it's going to look like today as I give you the challenge in the month of August, say, not I, but Christ. Could you imagine what it would be like if all of us locked arms today and we made a personal decision and you're going to have a chance to make a personal decision to drop in your mirror. You're going to have an opportunity today in just a moment to make a commitment to say, in the month of August, I'm going to say every day, not I, but Christ. Could you imagine what it would be like to get away from the 80-20 rule? We know what the 80-20 rule is, don't we? That 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people give 80% of the money. 20, that's true with every business. Most of you that are in sales, you know, 20% of the people that, you, that buy from you do 80% of your business. We know around here at church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Could you just imagine what it would look like First Baptist by the end of August if everybody said, not I, but Christ. Could you imagine if just not 20% of the people said, I'm going to come and serve next Sunday afternoon? I got a question. How many of you want your children and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews serving the Lord? How many of y'all want your... Yeah, I mean, we'd be crazy not to. All right, I want you to look at me. Do not miss this. One of the greatest ways to do that is set an example and go do it with them. Next Sunday afternoon, 3.30, you know where my family's going to be? My family's going to be serving next Sunday afternoon. Hey, men in this room, If you want a family that serves God, it starts with you. I'm looking for some daddies and granddaddies. I'm looking for some uncles today to come and say, today, not I, but Christ. I'm looking for some grandmothers and mamas and some aunts to come and say today, in just a moment, not I, but Christ. Could you imagine if we changed that rule from the 2080 rule? Could you imagine that we said, hey, I've got some great news. When you come to First Baptist, it's unique because all of us are in. And all of us said, not I, but Christ. Can I tell you, your worship experience when we're singing, when you said, not I, but Christ, your your singing is going to be changing because you're surrendered. And now you've said every day, not to my ambition, not to my pride, not to my self-centeredness, not to my career, not to the American dream. But now you're saying, but God, it is you. I'm telling you, it'll turn your life upside down. So I got a question. In, In a minute. Are you willing to say for the month of August, Pastor, I'm personally in. Not I, but Christ. Let me tell you, show it to you biblically. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Charlie over here 
chairman of the pastor search committee, one of my dearest friends. If somebody had to say, who's one of my dearest friends in my entire life, I would say Dr. Charles Harrell. I'm telling you, if you need a dear friend, that's what it looks like. But one of the things that he'll tell you is he probably listened to more sermons that I preached to more than anybody, and he'd tell you, uh, Pastor Eric, every time you keep coming back to Galatians 2.20, because you know what, for me, if I, if I were to take the entire Bible and kind of put it in a nutshell, I would put it in Galatians 2.20. To me, uh, Galatians 2.20 is kind of like the peak of Mount Everest. Does anybody ever really had the desire to climb the top of Mount Everest? I, I, I've never had that desire. I, I've seen it when we were in Nepal doing, we were training about six to 800 uh, ministers all throughout the country in Nepal. While we were there, one afternoon, we, we took a plane ride, and we went all the way around Mount Everest, and to the very, it's incredible. The, the peak of it is beautiful. But as I take all the scriptures, I believe Galatians 2.20, it, it really, it's the peak. It really sums it up. It's four words. Not I, but Christ. You know what Christianity is? Christianity is an exchange. The Christian life is an exchange. We're exchanging our sin for the forgiveness of God. We're exchanging deadness and separation from God to being alive in Christ. If you had to ask me, Pastor, what is Christianity? Not I, but Christ. It is the exchange of me dying and Christ living. It's personal. Look at Galatians chapter 20. Look at verse 20, incredible text of Scripture. And this is how I want you to picture it in your mind. I want you to picture as we're reading it. I, I want you to picture, oh, I want you to get this. I want you to picture that the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary ever lived, I want you to picture the Apostle Paul's arm around Simon Peter. I, I want you to picture that, that Paul's got his arm around Simon Peter. Because, you know, the whole book about Galatians is about freedom and saying, hey, you have freedom by the grace of God. Don't, don't go back to the law. And in this text of Scripture earlier in Galatians chapter 2, in the city of Antioch, I mean, Peter's sitting there with all the Gentiles. He's enjoying, I mean, he's enjoying his bacon. He's enjoying his barbecue sandwich. Then all of a sudden, these other Jewish leaders come in. All of a sudden, oh, Peter's jumping up, running. Oh, no, I would never have any. I would. Never eat that barbecue with that sandwich, that pork I won't eat. Paul really gets up to him and it says, Paul gets in his face. He said, how dare you? We've been set free from the law. So here, picture as we read this, Paul's arm is around Simon Peter. And have you ever had that guy when they grab you, they kind of grab you by the neck, Jack, you know, and they kind of pull you around like this. Here's what I want you, I want you to picture Paul's guy. I mean, Paul, I mean, just picture him. He's got Peter. Got kind of, hey, hey, you need to hear this. Are we ready? Here we go. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified 
Will you look back in verse 20? Who's being crucified with Christ? What's, what's the first word say? Oh, oh, let's say? Let's say it again. Who's being crucified with Christ? Here's what I want you to do. I want to read this verse. And I want you to circle in your Bible every time the word I or me is used. In the King James, the original King James, you're going to be circling about eight times. In my new King James, you're going to be circling six times. In some of the other translations, it might be six or seven times. But you're going to see Galatians 2.20 is personal. I mean, I mean, it is just, Galatians 2.20 is absolutely saturated in personal pronouns. So mark them every time we read it. Here we go. Verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. But Christ lives in who? Me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you see how one simple verse, can you picture as Paul's got his arm around Simon Peter, do you see how This verse is not saying, and you, and he, and she, and them. Can I tell you, First Baptist, I've got some news for you. When you come to Almighty God, it is a personal, intimate relationship. It's not about them. It's not about he. It's not about she. You can say, I. Write this first thing down. Not I, but Christ. It's Personal. Not I, but Christ. I. I have been crucified to Christ. Somebody else might feed me, but they can't eat from me. Somebody else cannot get baptized for me. In a couple of weeks when we baptized at the ocean, Paul, can, can we say, hey, Paul, why don't you go down there and get baptized for me? Can somebody else get baptized for me? The next time we take the Lord's Supper, can, can I tell the person who's sitting next to me, hey, when the Lord's Supper comes around, why don't you get two crackers and get two things of grape juice because I want you to take the Lord's Supper for me. I, I got a question. Can somebody else be taking the Lord's Supper for you? No. Why can't somebody else get baptized for you? Why can't somebody else take the Lord's Supper for you? Because I've got some news for you. When it comes to our relationship with God, it is personal. In just a moment, in the invitation, it's personal. 
You can't say, well, you know what? For the month of August, hey, hey, will you say every day for me, not I, but Christ? Will you do that for me? I I don't know if I want to say, not I, but Christ. Hey, Hey, Andy, this month, I want you to wake up every morning, and I want you to say, hey, for Pastor Eric, I'm saying, not I, but Christ. That's crazy. Let me give you a couple of illustrations in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 7. You're not, we're going to look at it in a couple of weeks. As a matter of fact, on August the 19th, that day when we're going to fix pancakes for everybody, what is it about? Let me tell you what it's about. I'm going to present the gospel in the clearest way that I know how. If you have a son or a daughter that's lost, you need them here on August the 19th. If you've got a neighbor that's lost, you need to get them here. If you've got a relative that has an addiction to something, you need to get them here. Because we're going to look at Nicodemus' life. But here in this scripture, in John chapter 3, verse number 3, in verse number says, 7, it says, And you must be born again. Lord, does anywhere in the Bible, does it, does it say that your family needs to be born again? It's you. Just because you grew up in a Christian home doesn't make you a Christian. Just because your mama had you in the nursery since you're the second day. Just because that, it's more than that. It is you making it personal. That's why in John 3, you must be born again. That's why in Isaiah, I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, where Isaiah said, Lord, send them. How many have ever been? How many have ever been listening to a missionary speak and he said, "Praise God, Lord, I pray as you send them, but not me." How many of you ever say, "Lord, God, I just praise you that you're using them." You know, Isaiah said, "Lord, send who?" Oh, let's say that again. Lord, send. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, is about the Apostle Paul. As God is speaking in the Apostle Paul. And Paul says, Lord, to me, I'll go. You can see in Nehemiah chapter 1. All through Nehemiah chapter 1 is Nehemiah sees that the walls are broken. And we see that the, the walls are down. And we see that. All Nehemiah, he just weeps over it. It is personal. In just a moment, it's going to get personal in this room. Are you going to say the first words of Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified. In just a moment, are you going to say, for the month of August, I'm willing, I'm going to, Lord, 
here I am. Not I. But Christ. Write this down. Number one, it's personal. Number two, write this down. You've got to get this word. When we say, not I, but Christ, we die to self. Look what the text of the Scripture says. The Scripture makes it so clear. For I have been crucified with Christ. Look at the next statement. It is no longer I who live. What you're about to say in just a moment during the invitation time, when you're going to bring that mirror down front and say, not I but Christ, what you're going to say, Lord God, I've got to die to self. That means I'm going to die to my ambition. I'm going to die to the dreams that I have. Bruce Wilkerson, he's written so many books. I was sitting in a session with Bruce Wilkerson, and, and Bruce was sitting there and just sharing about what God was doing. And he said, I'll tell you what's going to happen at times. Please look at me. Don't miss this. Bruce Wilkerson said, and it spoke so deep in my heart, Lord. He said, at times, God is going to reach down in the core of the depth of who you are and start ripping stuff out of you. And he's going to be ripping stuff out of you. And you're going to realize God is inside of you. And he's ripping out all the stuff that you put of self. He's going to go in there and he's going to rip out some of your dreams that you've placed in there. And God's going to rip it all out. Because he's taking you to the point that you'll say, not I, but Christ. Let me show it to you. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 24. Look at, look at the reading in this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Look what it says. And I, I'm going to stand in front of this cross as I read it. Not I, but Christ. Here's the seriousness of the moment. Being saved is not just a... A lighthearted deal. Being saved is say, Lord, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's no longer about me. Look what Galatians 5, 24 says. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh. crucifying the sin of our life, crucifying ourself of who we are, and crucifying, Lord, we just want to be safe. You know, if you really want me to get irritated quickly, and I believe it's righteous anger, when, when a student comes up to me and they say, man, I, I feel like God is God's moving in my life. I believe God's leading me to do this. And I've seen that mom and dad say, yeah, but I, I don't know if you need to do that or not. I mean, how are you going to provide for your family? I mean, how are you, I just don't know if you really need to be called out to be. You really want, you feel like you're led to be a preacher. Can you do something else? I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake, can I tell you, when we got saved, we no longer live. It is only Christ is at home. Our flesh has been crucified. 
kind of show it in another text of Scripture. Look at this Scripture in Romans. Just turn over there. Let me read it to you. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 6, 7, and 8. Romans chapter 6 tells us, what, what do we do with the old man? Aren't you grateful that he makes all things new? When we're crucified with Christ, aren't we grateful that he makes all things new? But what about the old man? Well, look what it says, Romans chapter 6. Look at verse number 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. What happened to our old man? Oh, y'all can talk back to What happened to our old man? It died. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves of sin. You know what? When we are crucified to Christ, there's freedom. That's what Galatians is all about, freedom. Look at verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Not I, but Christ. I, personal. Is dying to ourself. Write this third word down, and I want you to go back to Galatians 2, verse 20. Let me give you four more words. I want you to see these four words. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let me give you four words. Not I, but Christ. It's personal. We die the self. And I want you to mark, if you write in your Bibles, and over these last several weeks, I've done several funerals. I preached a funeral yesterday for one of our families of our church. I've got a funeral at 2 o'clock this afternoon, long distance. One of my great, great friends in Chattanooga passed away. So long distance-wise, I'm going to be doing a funeral this afternoon at 2. But as I do, so many times I ask them, hey, can I see their Bible? And let me tell you, when I look at your Bible one day, you need to have these words marked. Let me show you four words you need to mark in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But here's our next four words. Write this down. Christ lives in me. Not I, but Christ. I don't know about you, but I love those four words, don't you? I, I love seeing those four words. Christ lives in me. Can we make this really personal? Let's make it personal. I love how Martin Luther illustrated this and it becomes really personal. Here's what I want you to picture. I I want you to picture that I can come up and knock at your heart. As I'm knocking at your heart, I have a question. Who's going to answer the door? I'm coming up to the heart of your life. And I'm knocking at the heart of the light of your heart of your life. Who's going to answer the door? 
You know what Martin Luther says? Martin Luther says, when you knock at the door of my heart, I hope I never answer the door. When you knock at the heart of my life, Jesus should answer the door. Why should Jesus answer the door when you knock at the heart of your Because Christ lives in me. So let's just take a moment. I want to ask you, if if I could go person to person and knock at your heart, who would answer the door? You are Christ. For I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Who's going to answer the door? Here's the invitation. Not I, but Christ. How many of you are willing to say in August, we don't want to be the 2080? We as a church, personally, In just a moment, we have the invitation. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're willing to say, Pastor Eric, in the month of August, I'm committing the month of August that every day I want to wake up and say, not I, not my ambitions, not my dreams, not my pride, not who I am, not myself, but every day, but Christ. If you're willing to say, you know what, Pastor Eric, I'm all in. Here's the invitation. I want you to come and bring your mirror that represents you and come put it on the stage and take a cross and saying, not I, but Christ. I. No longer live. But Christ lives in me. Let's pray together. Not I. But Christ for I have been crucified with Christ my sin my unrighteousness has been crucified with Christ I no longer live. But as Christ lives in me, 
Lord, forgive us when we make it about ourselves. God, forgive us when we make it about our pride. God, forgive us when we make it about our feelings. God, forgive us when we make it about our dreams. God, forgive us when we make it about our fleshly desires. God, forgive us, not I, but Christ. Lord, I I praise your name that when you're on the cross, you didn't go halfway in. When you're on the cross, you went all in. God, I'm praying over First Baptist today. This month. That we will wake up every day on our knees saying, not I, but Christ. God, I pray that we'll wake up every day for I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. God, I pray that every day it's somebody with a knock on our heart. Christ, you're the one answering the door. Not I, but Christ. As no one's moving in just a moment, There's somebody in this room you've never said for the first time, not I, but Christ. You're still in your sin, your selfishness, and you've never one time ever said, Lord God, not I, but Christ. In just a moment, you might even know, not even understand what we're doing. Let me tell you what's going to happen. We're all going to stand across this room. We're going to be singing. And if you've never said, not I, but Christ, there's going to be several pastors down front. Just go to one of those pastors and say, you know what? I, I've never made this commitment, not I, but Christ. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. For somebody today, I want you to know, baptism is personal. Somebody else cannot be baptized for you. So today, with your baptism, why don't you say, not I, but Christ. Why don't you come and commit to be baptized? Today, in the month of August, First Baptist family, let's say, not I, but Christ. Let's make a commitment that none of us are going to just warm up a pew this month. None of us are going to be on the sidelines. We're all going to be in the game because we're saying, not I, but Christ. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, let there be a freedom in this room. This is a serious moment. Somebody in this room needs to get saved today. For the first time, say, not I, but Christ. Somebody in this room needs to make a commitment to be baptized today. Somebody in this room today needs to be accept that call in the missions today. Somebody needs to take that step today and say, not I, but Christ. Lord, may we follow your spirit. In Christ's name. Amen. Here's what's going to happen. Pastor Ken's going to lead us, and we're going to sing. We're going to stand in just a second, and we're going to sing. If you've never said, not I, but Christ, 
several pastors are going to be down front. I know this might be unusual. You might not have that much experience in church. Nothing weird is going to happen. You just come to one of the pastors and say, you know what, I, I, I need Jesus today. Or you might come to one of the pastors and say, you know what, I... I don't know why I'm here at church today, but something's going on in my life, and I just want somebody to talk to me about it. We love to do that. Maybe for some of you, you've been visiting with us, and this is where God wants your church home to be. Won't you be a team member with us? Come on, the pastor. Hey, we we we're gonna we will need to be a team member. But here's my challenge for all of us: if you're willing to say. Not I, but Christ. Remember, I, I, I can't do this for you. It's personal. I'm going to challenge you as we sing. Just come, place your mirror down, and look and say, Not I. And pick up on the cross and say, But Christ. And I want you to carry it this month of August with you to remind you. Not I, but Christ. What's the Lord asking you to do? Will we stand? Just all stand across the ring. Pastors are down front. Come see us. If God leads you, come. Not I.